0: Know Your Neighbour. It's not asking much. Simple, humane, and we'd like to think a logical approach. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Know Your Neighbour is a platform for constructive but brutally honest discussion on varying perspectives of race relations. Yes, it can often be viewed as complex, and to be fair, it probably is. We're approaching it in a simple way by having a conversation about it, allowing perspectives that oppose our own, and listening to understand. The aim? To know your neighbor. This simple gesture should be better for us all.
1: Hi, my name is Keenan Carlsa. I'm a South African currently living in the United Kingdom. Being outside of South Africa has actually just made me realize more how much I love it. How's it and welcome to all the listeners. Wandi Limatondo here, born and raised
2: in KZN Mlazi, now living in Johannesburg. Trust you guys will enjoy the podcast.
0: And I'm Aubrey Roo, a 32-year-old african speaking white guy living in Cape Town. Guys, good to, uh, to be back and recording. Um, it's been a while, as we were saying, just as we were coming online. Um, it's taken some time for us to to uh find a slot to to all get together and have some good good discussions again um and in the meantime we've actually added to our team we've now got someone who's doing our our editing which relieves us from from duties that were taking us a bit of time so yeah it's nice to just be able to um catch up with you guys um connect on what we've said all along the the aim of of our discussions are. Um, And the thing that we we said we wanted to talk about a bit today is um, diversity. And diversity is something that is spoken about a lot currently. Uh, I think if you look at sport or you look at politics or you look at business, diversity is something that's spoken about a lot um and when i started thinking about um diversity um I, st- I kind of asked myself what does the word actually mean to me and in the process of of thinking about that i it, it dawned on me like what is the opposite of diversity. So if we're saying we're for diversity, then it probably means we're less favor we favor something else less. So I was like, let me maybe go think about what that thing is. And I came across the fact that it's actually uniformity. Um, so I, I wanted to get, I wanted to understand from from your point of view, in your view, what is diversity and do you think it's important? And if so, why? And if you don't think diversity is important, um, then also, why? Because I think there are enough examples in our world currently, regardless of if you're looking at it from a South African perspective, where you've got certain parties or in, in a political kind of framework or certain groups that are all for diversity, and then you get other Groupings of people, communities that are actually like, no, we don't like diversity. We only want our own people. Um, so, so that's the case in South Africa, but then that's also the case worldwide. If you look at countries like, I mean, some examples that I was thinking about is like in South Africa, the EFF is quite clear that they don't like diversity. Um, countries in Africa, the Ethiopia, there's a lot of kind of ethnic, um, almost semi-warfare happening there because certain tribes don't want to have other tribes in their country. Um, if you think about what's happening in America, if you think about some of the things in the UK, there's like a bit of a, a kind of nationalism drive in the UK, um, in Brazil, in China, in France, in Germany, in Hungary, in Italy, like all over the world. There's this. If you think about it politically, it's like nationalist versus globalist. So it, it's got different names in different places, but I'm keen to hear what you think about diversity or uniformity.
1: W- one you, you can have a first detail at
2: me. I think um, for me personally, uh, diversity I consider it to be um, an important thing. You know, um, largely, particularly from a South African context. I mean, we, we've we been referred to as the Rainbow Nation and so forth. And um, I think that's one of the pillars that our country almost stands on, um, having 11 official languages and, and, and so forth. And I think there's a beauty in diversity because it, it just allows people's mental models almost to sort of always grow and it allows opportunity to potentially grow and get to see things beyond sort of one restricted way of of sort of going about business and so forth Um, so I think personally I'd be very bored in a a uniform sort of country I mean I couldn't picture living in a Russia for example where um, you can almost make out a Russian personality without even knowing their name or surname just the moment I say Russia you kind of already build an idea of yes of what the person from Russia would sort of be like how they would walk and talk and so forth and that's very bland for me you know so I'm I I like dynamic situations I love dynamic people and I think at the end of the day in life it's it's always about sort of learning and developing and so forth but I feel in uniform sort of structures I think there's less of that happening because all you know is one thing and one way and yeah you're just less adaptable if, if, if I can call it that so that's one of the big things that sort of put out as being um, a, a, a key plus for me personally regarding diversity. But that's not to say, I mean, I would imagine uniformity having its own perks at the same time um, as well. Um, perhaps it's much easier to kind of manage or control certain situations or people uh, because of the principle of uniformity um, and ha- and them having sort of been raised Um, in that system Um, it's just more manageable but I guess less exciting you know Um, yeah I don't know that those those are my immediate thoughts on 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 the topic yeah
0: yeah and and do you think yeah I mean do do you think uniformity creates like a like safety or like the perception of safety or like is that what people because what are people that are looking for uniformity why are they looking for that? Why, why are they not embracing diversity, do you think?
2: Mm. Uh, I would definitely say there is an element of safety and just comfort and being able to sort of know not to expect surprises, you know. you um, Yeah, I'm not sure what example I can make, but I think that safety is definitely a big thing, you know, being more controlled and almost... Um, less spontaneous and just, yeah, you know, I don't know, but yeah, I would definitely put out safety as one of, as something that's probably a key drive of people who go for uniformity. Um, yeah. Uh,
1: if, if I can maybe just jump in on that uh, um, exact point, I, I, I definitely feel that um, uh, all of us as humans, we're always going to look for some form of um, uniformity of stuff that we are always used to or, or, almost because um I'm just thinking in my own example, uh, you know, being abroad now, um, being South African in a, in a foreign country, when you see another South African, you know, like you always get excited almost because, you know, that person's going to have a a little bit of understanding about who you are, where you're coming from, the experiences that you've had, you know, there's going to be some things that you guys have, have, have in common. So there's definitely an element that, um, that, or a part of it where you always like, um, you feel comfortable when you know, like, listen, this person, uh, is the same as me. So there's some form of uniformity. So 100%. I, I, I think the word that you use there in terms of safety. And I think also the other word that we can use comfort is, is good words to describe, um, uniformity because those are the things that, that, that come to mind, you know, because you, you, like, like Wandy was saying, there's, there's not too many things that are unexpected and so on. So yeah, I think those are, those are important words when you talk about uniformity. If I can maybe just, um, add on what diversity is for me. Um, I think diversity is, is 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 really a cool thing, um, and uh, I say that um, coming from a place where, you know, I, I lived in George for eighteen years of my life, and there it was very monotonous in terms of c- the cultures that I was exposed to at first. You know, it was was mainly when I was um, growing up, say till ten, thirteen, was uh, mainly to do with um, things in the coloured community, and then maybe. Once I ate um high school and went to Model C um previously Model C school, you know got to know a bit more about um white friends and so on, but once you move out of out of town and even in South Africa when I moved to Bloemfontein to go to university, you know there was um people uh, from the Sutu um uh, Sutu community that I got to know. And, um, uh, for the first time I had to start speaking English when I was in conversations with friends, you know, so that all these kind of things, it's, it's so cool. But I think for me, what made it cool is the fact that I could literally see the difference, uh, coming from a, a small town where I was, I was mainly uh, involved in the colored, um, community and and so on. And, and then also just speaking Afrikaans, say for instance, for example, and then going somewhere else to experience what diversity actually means. So for me, it's so cool to, to see that, um, that impact, that diversity can have in broadening your your horizons, really, if I can say it that way. So, yeah, I man, I I I love it, and and even um coming abroad, it's taken it that step further, you know, because now you don't just deal with South Africans being in a metropolitan city like London. You get people from all over the entire world, and and that is really, that is probably one of the things that um, I value the most about my time um here in London. Also, just adding on, as I said earlier, with the safety and the comfort. Got loads of South African friends, and probably spend most of my time with um, South African people. But um, just the experiences from mm. work colleagues and um, and uh, all all different kinds of people that I've got to um, experience now, uh, while I've been here in London, it's it's an amazing experience for me, and um, something that I truly value, and makes something that makes me value diversity mm. even more.
0: Mm-hmm. And and what do you? I mean, it's it's interesting, Kini, because it's almost like your um. Your your move to London. I mean, if if the the intention of it was to go and meet new interesting people, or not, it ended up being a intended or unintended consequence. So it's, yeah. it's a cool thing. It's making me think. Like, what are the things that we do in our daily life um, to almost design our lives, or or push ourselves to put ourselves in uncomfortable situations like that because like you're saying you you end up in in London and you end up having a lot of South African friends or if I take myself I end up in in Cape Town and if I'm not careful before I know it I just have friends that are all white because I'm white and if I'm not putting myself in situations where i'm engaging even though i consider myself uh, consider both of you friends and i've got other friends that are from different cultures still it seems to be easy to just fall back into what's comfortable so i'm just thinking like what is are there things that you guys do and, and do you do it consciously or do you do it just because of places you happen to go for other reasons i don't know
1: I think for me Abes, um, if, I, if I'm 100% honest with myself and with you guys um 100% there's been way too much uh comfort that I've um lived in you know uh being in London I would say or being in the UK I would say maybe the first 2 3 years I was always like my almost like my body was um in the UK but my mind was 100% still back in South Africa you know so um <laughs> it's like uh yeah. you are in a different place but okay it's a bit it's a bit different than... And um, things aren't done the same. You don't have the the comfort of of knowing how people, how people's um habits or or how they how they um operate almost, if I can say it that way. So, you know, for me, it was hundred percent the case where I I really often tried to go back to the comforts of of home. So I think um a big maybe a big mistake yeah that I made uh, when I came here is like always looking for that comfort of being in the space of the Africa in the in the in the company of South Africans and, and so on. So yeah, I think um, I a hundred percent didn't put myself in enough situations where, um, you know, I'm uncomfortable because I was always um, almost yearning for that comfort of, of, of knowing what to expect. So um, yeah, for me, I think um, maybe just the, 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 last year or two has been a case where I've really like tried to make friends with, you know, um, British people, even the people from other countries as well. But yeah, I think it's just as it's just mm-hmm. without thinking about it, you know almost as a default, you always like revert to what you know, so um yeah it is some
0: we're human eh? i mean yeah. that's human nature, so is yeah so and then that's why I'm asking the question about and I'm calling it something quite rigid i mean even when I say designing your yeah. life like that it, it sounds like quite a
1: i mm-hmm. don't know
0: like it sounds a bit rigid but it's almost like your human nature is to do the one thing. So if you're not consciously going yeah. to do the other thing, you will end up... Uh,
1: just um, <laughs> another... Sorry to latch on to what you're saying, Apes. That conscious, that's literally a thing that you have to sit down and think about in order to change, you know? Mm. That, that's that, yeah. that, that, that switch has to go on in terms of, listen, what I'm doing is just the same old, same old, same old, same old, same old. So I really actually need to make a, a conscious decision to make a change to it because... Uh, without that consciousness uh it's difficult to really make a change in terms of diversity and and doing things that aren't really so com- so uh so uncomfortable you know so um yeah it's it's really something that you have to think mm-hmm. of
0: and, and to to and I think it's important that we must remain as realistic and practical about these conversations that we're having because i also i mean they don't just apply to race relations i mean M- mission I we, we've quite a bit important thing to us that we've decided in our life and up until now in our relationship is to travel as much as we can uh, locally mm-hmm. and internationally but, but in in some of our international travels uh, what we've been fascinated about is like we you, you end up going to Asia say for instance so we were in Vietnam so you you end up staying in these hostels with people from all over the world that are traveling Asia. And Mm. often what you end up finding is that a lot of those people that you're staying in the hostel with have now traveled miles and miles and miles across the face of the earth to get to another continent to experience another culture and another place. And then they all end up eating – Pizza and hamburgers at McDonald's <laughs> and uh, pizza. Hut. <laughs> so then, then you ask yourself: sure. Are you really going there to go and embrace that thing? So that's not. It's not yeah. a good or a bad thing. It's yeah, just yeah. interesting because yeah. we're just human, and you go for what. Comfortable yeah. to you not what
1: 100%, is that is so right. Was, um, this is a little sure. bit of um, so uh, this is m- maybe a bit more light-hearted now, but it's good to have um, light-hearted conversation as well. You know, my, my, my wife has this um, uh, guy on YouTube that she follows, and, and you must know my wife, um, when it comes to TV, like she probably doesn't even know about friends, she l- literally just watches nothing, right? But this is a um, a, a YouTube channel that she follows, like um, uh, she follows it, like uh, rigidly. Uh, this guy's name is Mark Weens and he basically travels across the whole world and he literally just um, goes there to like taste all the different foods and experience the culture, right? But everything is centered around food. And I was just, uh, something that is uh, interesting to me as well is the fact that my wife is so interested to learn about all these cultures and learn about all the foods that, um, that they eat and so on, but... When I ask her now, is, if we go there, will, will you eat the same stuff? She's like, no, probably not. But, um, but you know, it's, 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 it's interesting <laughs> like that. that, that she's so intrigued by all these different cultures and what people eat. But still, like you said, it's a case of reverting to, 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 to the norm of like, no, I'll, I'll rather go to McDonald's and have a burger rather than experiencing all the, yeah. there may be more, <laughs> um, foreign foods and so on. So it's, it's quite funny, man. It's, it's actually really interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, why do you think that that's, there's quite a big growing and I think it's important to, to, to note that it is a growing movement towards like uniformity, nationalization, like why are we having come, I'm not, you know, to say having come far, mm-hmm. like what is far, like we don't know if we've come far because we could have mm-hmm. a long way to go still but having come away made made progress why is it do you think that some of the world want to move back to uniformity is it as simple as what the example we just used is it just comfort or is there more to it
1: one day i've got something to say but if you want to go yeah,
2: yeah. it's yeah i think It'll largely be comfort and safety. Um, as, as, as we discussed, um, even then, cause in most cases, I mean, a lot of this is being driven from, um, I think a large part of, um, uniformity being driven is due to feeling threatened. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people, I mean, I'll use that. Uh, if I just use South yeah. Africa as an example, I remember over the past couple of years, there's been a strong, um, sort of pointing of fingers from South Africans towards foreigners, for example, mm. um, complaining that they're stealing our jobs, stealing our mm. business opportunities, some going as far as Nigerians stealing our women and mm. so forth and so forth. And, and those are the kinds of things which are driving people to kind of want to um, only have what's theirs in their spaces. It's because they're feeling threatened, you know, for whatever reason. You know, I can't really speak much on whether there's truth in what they're saying or not. Um, But once again, that's also largely the comfort thing which might be setting us back as South Africans as well, you know. So knowing that home is nearby, whereas if a Nigerian, for example, comes to South Africa, they know that they've got to sort of make this work. You know, there's no option of sort of having any failure and so forth. So this this comfort thing is... (coughs) It's, 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 a, it's a, it's, it holds us back in, in many regards, you know, cause the same opportunities, these people are coming to our land in the example of jobs being taken or business opportunities being created. They're coming into our land and sort of seeing the opportunity in our spaces that we aren't perhaps seeing and being able to capitalize on. Yeah. And I mean, you could argue that it's comfort that's partly holding us back from jumping on the opportunities. Um, cause we either feel we've got time or we just maybe not. In a rush to kind of like see the opportunities around us, uh, but very quick to point the finger when somebody else hops on and making it um, a nationality thing all of a sudden. So I think it's just comfort and safety, as we've discussed, that's driving national na- nationalism. I would believe.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think for me, like what what is something that um, that from my personal observation that I, I can I can see right. So this is a not an expert um, uh, opinion or anything at all. Uh, I think it's just a, a case of a bit of unmet expectations as well. Because I think um many people, uh, in terms of maybe in terms of politics and in terms of economic opportunity, mm. um has this um, thought that we should have been further than um we are. And I think that's a, 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 an issue globally, not just South Africa or where I am in the UK because um you know like um uh poverty and those kind of things that's relative because um for me like uh, i've i found it strange at times when I hear people say they're poor, but they've got iPhones and they've got um Jordan shoes and stuff like that right but um coming back to the point uh I think people just have unmet expectations of where where um as a society um we would have thought that we would need to be, and now seeing people coming from other parts of the world um whether it'd be refugees or people um doing economic migrations you know for better opportunities. Like Wandy was saying, there's that um, that that feeling of of a threatening feeling that people are coming for what's mine, you know. So a sense of protectionism that uh, that people have and, and it's a case that um, where where if I'm in a bad position or in a in a in, in a not so great economic position, um, when someone else comes and there's more competition for what I rightfully feel should be mine. Then it's a case that we want to fend off um something that's different, fend off people from other countries and that's where a bit of xenophobia and the uh, nationalism s- springs out from. So um mm-hmm. for me I think that, that that is the issue that um people have unme unmet expectations of where they think um as a as a society or as a yeah. country, uh, we should be um economically. That's um that's I think for me is a is a big point. But also then, um yeah. we can't deny that um that 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 uh, you know like how the media um influences us to have certain um profiles of of certain people in our minds you know i'm just thinking of uh, of, uh, of 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 like terrorism and when you think terrorism then you think muslim you know so when people from muslim countries uh come yeah. into your country then is it are we going to be safe are they going to come and try take over our country you know and um it's those kind of things that uh that 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 mm. makes makes People go a bit more into their own shell and just want to protect what's theirs, their way of life, which is which is fine to a certain extent. But then when it goes to the to the place for me, where you specifically target those kind of people in your politics and your rhetoric that politicians use, you know that that starts becoming a bit dangerous and also I think almost um, discriminatory in a, in a way. So um, yeah, that, that's the that's the, the two main issues for me that I, I think comes up with that um, concept.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you talk about competition because I mean, if you if you look at you you can literally go look at any 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 example of like performance or success, and I know success can be defined in a whole lot of different ways. But wherever there's been kind of big leaps in in um, in achievement or prosper- prosperity or wellness, or it doesn't matter how what you are looking at. Where there's competition, there's always massive progress. So it's just ironic that that we we don't want competition, but competition is is actually so good for us. In regardless of what nature we look at it, yeah, you know, what context we look at it in or from, um, because yeah, I mean, I, I'm also wondering, like, have people, and I suppose that links to what you're saying. Uh, Keenan, is like, have people um, been let down by the strength of what diversity offers? Because if someone, if we're saying we've, we've become a more diverse, and I keep saying more because we, we can always be even more, um, but if we have become more diverse, is that diversity then not meeting our expectations? Like you're saying, is that why people are getting over it or thinking maybe it's better the way it yeah. was?
1: um um I think you know uh, when you, when you think of competition uh I think in 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 this sense, or in my mind, the competition can be good for the for the um, for the broader um institution or the broader uh, society, right? but maybe individually those people um who are a bit more protectionist they can they can see that competition as threatening to the individual. You know what I mean. So, as a as a as a group or as a society, it can be a competition. Of course, can be good, but I think just how some people perceive it for themselves as an individual, and then there's a more sense of of um, of fear uh, that comp- that competition from other people coming in for a limited amount of resources um, brings.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I suppose even having conversations and having like conflicting ideas is also a, it's a version of competition it's my view versus your view so so the the word changes but it's actually a similar concept it's one against the other um, and what we if we're saying we we think diversity is is a good thing um, then we're saying that one versus the other, and they—if—if if you're truly diverse, you'll probably say it's not really versus; it's actually just us together, unity. Um, but still, it means you're—you're you're, you're open to those clashes of views, and you're open to get, coming to those points where things meet and create a bit of friction, so that the friction can um, develop into magic. That's essentially what people mm. who who, who say that they embrace sure. diversity or unity is good. That would essentially be what theoretically it should mean. Um, and, and I mean, yeah, maybe we should, so I, I said earlier, maybe, maybe we've, as some societies have been let down or communities by their expectations of what diversity would have brought or does bring. Um, but on the other side, let's maybe look at the, on the positive side, like what if what have you, where have you experienced diversity being positive? Uh, uh, Kini, you mentioned earlier at university, like that was a, a, it was a positive experience of diversity for you. What are some other experiences of, of diversity being positive that we've experienced? Because maybe we don't reflect on that enough. <laughs> maybe that's the reason why we don't mm-hmm. realize how good it is for us.
1: So um, just bring it back to a personal level again, eh? Um Coming here to the UK, the first job that I did was in a, in a, in a wine cellar, not a wine cellar really, but a shop that sells um, like top-end wines and stuff. And to me, the, the thing that was really cool about that, uh, you know, coming to a, a, a new country, come to a, the United Kingdom, right? But the, 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 my first colleagues that I had was a Brazilian... Um, someone from france and then of course english people as well right and just that in- initially like blew my mind now i can like learn one or two words of portuguese you know um the the the, the current job that i'm in you know like speaking to people um in spanish you know a, f- a few words that i that i got to learn there and it's just small little things that um diversity brings to my life the fact that i've i i'm able to experience some um, uh, people from, from, from different cultures. And, and for me personally, that, that is such a, a eye opener because now you get invited to, to people's bribes or whatever they, they, they'll call it in their culture. And it's like you get a, a non stop flow mm. of Filipino food. I mean, I was like gobsmacked by the amount of food that, that, that these people, um, uh, uh, have, have, have like put on the table when there's like only a few, literally, guys, I'm not making no joke. Um, I, we had like a, um, a colleague who um, was leaving our company, right? And um, the my one Filipino colleague uh, was having a, a barbecue, a brie for us. And the amount of food that we ate there was crazy. It was just, it kept on coming, coming. And, and, and that's just something about their culture, you know, for, for them. When you, when you have get-togethers, food is such an important part of that. And for everyone to be... Almost oversatisfied is 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 for them something that is really important, and you know, for people to to have a nice time around food. So that was an amazing experience for me personally. So the expectation is there for mm. to be an abundance of food for everyone, and um, that's a small example of of how I learned something about a different culture and, that, uh, and an amazing experience. You know, I'm a, I'm a guy that likes my food. If um if you, if you guys know a bit about me, and and that's just an amazing experience that I had with a different culture and something that i've got with me for the rest of my life now, something that someone who's stayed in that uh stayed in the same place for their entire life might not necessarily be able to experience so that's an amazing thing about diversity so yeah for 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 me um mm. i know like uh the, the 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 threat of people coming in is is an issue and um i think sometimes uh you could almost say rightly so but there's so much more to gain from diversity than there is from staying in the in the same uniform uniform um, nature all your entire for life. Sure. So yeah, there's so much more benefit to diversity for me.
0: Mm. Okay, Wendy, you give us your take on diversity and your sure. experiences of the strength thereof.
2: Positive, sure. Yeah, I think in my case, it's it's very similar to Keenan as well in the sense that it's it's personal because um, I. I like to reminisce a lot and just tracking back I like to look at the different phases and stages of my development as a human being you know um, I think my first proper professional experience is obviously where we met Aubrey which was with Echojo. I think mm. I joined October 2013 and I think for me that was the first um, phase in my life where um, I felt some kind of significant development of growth on a human level, um, which is largely down to to you sharing a lot of your insights that you developed over the years, you know, um, in life in general, you know, because, yeah, even including personal experiences and so forth. Um, so I think with that for me, um, to get to that point of growth, I had to meet uh, a white Afrikaans guy from the Western Cape, um, who sort of introduced these ideas, which I've sort of, to this day, kind of carried um, within, you know. And then shortly fast forward from there, I mean, you know, the beauty of Akadroda is so diverse that mm-hmm. you had so many people you could kind of like take things from, you know. Yeah. Um, it's the first time I had sort of come across um, Zimbabweans and Zen- I don't mm-hmm. want to say Congolese right now, but zimbabweans have got such a work ethic you know and for me that was the first time that i sort of saw that in front of my own eyes as opposed to either hearing about it from someone who also picked it up from five other people or or whatever the case is so i think what i'm trying to get to is my makeup within a professional space has all these different people from different backgrounds have contributed as i've been able to take a bit here a bit there and so forth whereas um, I didn't necessarily feel as much personal development, just purely being around, Zulu, Durban-based Zulu South Africans like myself, you know, because we kind of encourage each other on the same things and go in the same direction together because we're from the same township, and we grew up on the same streets or whatever the case is, you know. So just being able to step out of KZN and getting into a Chawing and meeting people from Cape Town from Zimbabwe has sort of sort of contributed to my makeup. Mm in this day and age as a as a human being, you know. Um even your wedding, Arbi, was the first non black or Zulu wedding that I'd ever gone to. And that in itself for me was very eye opening. You know, just being able to notice the differences. Yeah. Um I was able to sort of see what I I would like to take from white weddings and <laughs> perhaps <laughs> having my wedding. But um that 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 doesn't get met uh with much positivity from (laughs) my fellow Zulus you you see obviously maybe because of the comfort um, discussion which you've already spoken of and so forth but for me that's a beautiful thing being able to just bring together various ideas and sort of make it into your own thing and be able to sort of portray that in whatever way you want and the reality is without diversity we don't get that opportunity to sort of put things together like that you know so i think for me that's the biggest sort of takeaway uh, my biggest appreciation of diversity you know mm. yeah. Um, yeah
0: yeah yeah uh, that's that's power one day and i uh, you're actually bringing mm. memories back in my mind of two weddings that i went to where i left with like abundance of like it just blew my mind in terms of how different it was to the way I was used to at weddings um, and in such positive ways. Um, One was on that same trip I was referring to earlier um, that we were on in Vietnam. So right next to Vietnam is a country that I don't even know if a lot of people know exists, it's called Cambodia. And um, we were in Cambodia and we were on an island in Cambodia and we took a trip for two days to a very remote island in Cambodia. And as we arrived at the, at the island, we stayed in this literally like a hut. And, um, and the owner of, of the place where we stayed said to us, there's a wedding happening um, up the hill at the village there. And he said, no, it, um, in the Cambodian culture, um, the more people and from the further they come to come to your wedding, the more blessed your marriage will be. And the, they would love it if we, ca- if we went there. So we went to this wedding. We didn't understand a word of, of Cambodian. And I mean, it was a tree in the middle with a big fire and everyone had to dance around this tree. And now we're dancing there with people who know who we don't even understand each other. And they were just serving us food. And their whole approach was like, we, the, the more the wedding couple served their guests, the more blessed they would be at life. Um, and yeah, that was just completely different to our way of like, it's all about you, you know, the wedding couple sure. that day. Um, and then on the other, uh, the other one that I was referring to was a Muslim wedding that, um, uh, mission I went to, which, um, where the probably the biggest takeaway for me was just the abundance similar to what you were saying, Keeney, about, uh, the Filipino, uh, mm-hmm. friend of yours or colleague, um, like, the expectation was there has to be enough food that people can take <laughs> food home and that that food that they take home has to be enough to last <laughs> them for days so those are wonderful um, yeah there's just there's a generosity and there's wonderful lessons and, and if I just with all due respect to all the other weddings that I've been to uh, kind of more within my culture I can't necessarily say that they've left there's special moments it's strong relationships with people, but they're not, like, so smack bang in the face. Here's a learning for you. Take it or leave it, you know. It's way more right there in your face. Um, so, yeah, that's – thank you. You actually brought back, a, like, very positive memories for me.
2: I just – I just – You see, that's – sorry, Kini. Sorry, man. You see, um, I just wanted to say that's that's the beauty of it, though, of, is you are now speaking about how – Um, the wedding you went to kind of was this sort of big get-together, very festive and sort of even strangers were allowed to sort of arrive and were embraced um, Mm. more than anything, which is something I think is very common for for the black culture um, in terms of just the quantity of people and having big numbers and catering and taking care of everyone and so forth. But the beauty of this whole discussion is – what, one of the main things I remember I took from your wedding was just how small and intimate it was. Um, and that is what I appreciated about it. And that's what made me be like, actually, I think the day I get married, this is how I would prefer to have it as opposed to different energies and different people, some who aren't really even involved in your life anymore and all these other things that kind of just dilute um, the space. I just found it beautiful that it was very small, intimate, controlled. And the, the spirits and the energies of the people who were present that day, you kind of didn't have to sort of question um, whether you're in good a good standing with them or not. You didn't have to question how they feel about you and Mish sort of coming together and becoming one. Um, you knew that it was genuine love coming across. Whereas what I pick up in a lot of our wedding, there'll be 20% of the people who aren't even interested. They're on their phones the whole time. Um, there'll be another 10% that you can see are kind of envious either of the couple or maybe just how amazing the whole setup looks and so forth, which is what I don't like. You know, hence when I got to your wedding, I was like, well, actually I think I would prefer something like this, much smaller, controlled and so forth. Yeah. So yeah, I, that's the beauty of it. That's what I'm saying. Like the diversity allows us to both experience the same things, but sort of derive what's more appropriate or suitable for us based on whatever our personality or background might be you know
1: I just mm. wanted to add one thing on this thought guys and to, to me this is actually really quite cool because as you guys were speaking now I was just like having such a big smile on my face because I can just think of so many similar um experiences in my life where you just um get to learn from other cultures and, and there's things that you can take into your own life and I think for me, that is really, like, a big benefit of, of diversity because you just get to broaden your experience, broaden your horizon, you know. And um, I'm just thinking now in terms of even um, even uh, uh, in terms of, like, you know, the political uh, conversations or political political aspects of this, right? For me, like, um, the, the thought just came to mind about safe voices is, like, uh, uh, quota systems and all these things, right? Um I just think one of the things that makes countries like America, that makes countries like China great when it comes to sport and those kind of things, right? One of the big um, benefits that they've got is the amount of people that they can actually like choose from, you know? So that's one of the things that gives them a competitive advantage. And I I think in terms of sport, you know, when you, when you want to see sport become more diverse, it means more people are going to be participating in it, right? So, in essence, if you if think of it from this angle, if South Africa, let's make South Africa an example, if South Africa can get um, all of the 60 million people in South Africa to take part in golf, which is predominantly a white sport, there's, there's, there's not as many um, uh, black representation in the sport, right? If you can get like 60 million people being interested in, in, in golf or 60 million people being interested in um, rugby, if the sport develops and gets more diverse, that can put our country in a in a, in a, in a more in a stronger position in terms of competitiveness, right? Rather than having uh, 10% or 20% of your population being interested in something, if you have the whole entire population interested in it or a big a big portion of it, imagine how much stronger things like sport and so forth can, can become, you know? Because uh, <clears throat> you can see in rugby, there's so many examples of like great black rugby players. And I'm specifically saying black because for me, you know, like... Um, there was there, there was there was uh, just my personal observation right There's always this thing like no it's it's, it's almost like more um, acceptable or more you're more used to seeing colored people playing rugby and black people playing rugby was was for me something new. I know in the Eastern Cape it's massive right but it's um, not something that I was like um, aware of. And to me now seeing all these great like black rugby players coming into the system is amazing. And that is partially, not partially. It's, it's it's a big part of it. Is due to people being given opportunity for the sport to become more diverse. So even 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 in that aspe- aspect, diversity is a strong point, man. It's something that you really need to latch onto, and something that can work in your advantage if you really try 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 to use it to your benefit. Hmm.
0: Yeah. It, yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Keenan. I actually had this exact same conversation about specifically yeah. rugby with a friend yesterday <laughs> um, and just saying how we've already got, like, we we don't have enough seats on this plane, on the South African rugby plane to house all of the talent yeah. that we have. Like New Zealand is this po- mm. rugby power. So I think it's a very valid example. They have like 4 million people on that Mm. little island and they're one of the best rugby nations in the world. We're probably second best uh, if you go back in the history but we've got the biggest pool (laughs) valid but if you take it over time um, but but we've got I think one of the biggest pools of, of rugby players in the world professional rugby players. So there's a shortage. So what are the French clubs doing is they're starting to buy young talent before they've even left high school because we've got an overflow of talent as it is yet still not everyone has access to rugby. So now can you imagine what kind of demand we can create Mm -hmm. if everyone has an opportunity. So, and that's just looking at it from a like economic point of view, like supply and demand, you know, um, But exactly what you're saying. So I I agree with you. So let's, let's just, we we said we were going to explore the other side as well. We're not just going to do the comfortable Mm. stuff. So (laughs) even now here today. So let's go and explore the other side. Let's, um, let's talk about what the flip side would look like. What, let's just for a moment try and imagine a world where there's like total uniformity. Like what
1: comes I to almost, mind? I <laughs> almost <laughs> don't want to imagine that. That is what, so what? boring. But anyway, let's let, let's let yeah. advocate and just imagine.
0: But let's go there. So, so what are you? So you've already said boring, Keenan. So I'm going to ask you to keep going. So, what are the things that come to mind when you think about a world of total uniformity?
1: Routine. Routine s- similar. but but you know, um, one one thing that I think that might be a uh, a good thing of uniformity if if you can get people to be interested in the same thing, it's it's easier to um, get a group of people maybe to work together then you know because um, uh, it might not take as much convincing uh, resources might not be uh, diverted to different places. So in that sense I think um, maybe you could you, you could get a a group of people, a society to to work together better to um, to uh, um, just make things happen quicker I think because um now just from 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 my my thought the, the the first thing that I think is there won't be as much um resistance maybe to certain ideas that uh, that, that 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 is being floated around floating around so I think in that sense maybe uniformity can be a, a good thing. But I think also, man, I'm. Uh, um, I i can not get uh, over the boringness of that thought. <laughs> so, you know, if, if 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 you just get people to latch onto right. a common ideal, at least you don't need to be the same to have a, a common ideal or a, a common goal that you can work towards. So. Maybe, maybe maybe that is a, a another side of it that you, that you can explore having a diverse society because for me uh, I know like uh, we want to explore that idea but for me like the first thing that just comes to mind is just a sense of monotonousness and uh, just boring same old same imagine if there was like seven billion Kenans on this earth uh, how boring that would be you know like uh, everyone wouldn't be able to dance um, t- stuff like that no man we need we need some 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 diversity some spice in our lives.
0: <laughs> what do you think, Wendy?
2: Sure. It's very difficult to try and come up with... Posi- po- I'm sure there is positives. But at the end of the day, we're human, you know? And so it's very difficult for me to try and even fathom the idea of... I mean, I was even trying to maybe think that maybe in, a, in uniform spaces... We would perhaps have less crime, but I also don't see how, you know, because um, I don't think it's necessarily our diversity that's sort of tipping the crime scales in the country. Maybe, yeah, I don't know, guys. <laughs> I don't know. I'm struggling with this one. Maybe we yeah. should
0: maybe we should get a guest onto onto our into our conversation yeah. who's like absolutely convinced of uniformity. To come and plant some seeds actually, with us to, to add some spice sure. to
2: that conversation, like you said, that would be power. Yeah, that would be power. Yeah, um, that would, honestly that that actually should be the next recording, then.
0: Okay, cool. Well, I think let's uh, let's keep that in mind. Um, something that I that and and we'll take this into the next chat then. Um. Is is also just to go think about human nature and human nature. I mean, I heard somewhere the other day in a, in a, in a talk that I was listening to that, that they've actually gone and looked at the DNA of, um, I think it's DNA. I'm not a scientist. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was DNA. But they've looked at the DNA of people of different cultures. And in our DNA, there's actually no difference. Zero between different cultures, black, white, colored, uh, Hispanic, there's no difference, zero. It's in DNA. So uh, it sounds it sounds or, or or if there is, it's like minute. It's like very, very little. So that so so the bottom line of what this person was saying, I must actually go look, go find the, the talk, was because it was a scientist. It it was that we have created these differences if you if you just put that specific plasma under a microscope um it would actually show a human it would show oh that's a human it won't it won't show that it's a black human or white human or uh, asian human it won't say that um so so that and and then so if we can if we can if if we can say for instance agree that that we are human and that's it then the next thing com- comes in like what makes us human and that is if you become scientific about it it's our brains are developed different to other mammals the part that has actually developed um is is the the part that sets us we, we've basically evolved i mean if you If you go back into um, the evolution, we've evolved to become what we are today and generations ahead of us would automatically have certain traits that we have... that we're today trying to do in quite a conscious way. You were talking about being conscious earlier, Keenan. So if we can more consistently do those things consciously, generations down the line, that will come comfortably and naturally to to the generations down the line. We're explorers. I think that's the point where I'm trying to get to. As as humans, we're explorers. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. And that's why Mm -hmm. I think we're turned off by the idea of like a uniform society. Um, the three of us anyway we're going to try and find someone to join our conversation (laughs) who's not but um, but i would argue that that's why it turns us off because it's not actually in our makeup we're not made to just stand still to just do the normal yes it's comfortable to us but that comfort has a timeline it has a time limit and then we go okay what's behind that and what's around that corner and what else you know so that's just uh, i think why the world has become as globalized as it has and that's why i'm asking myself how are we wanting to go back to being more uniform and nationalized and all the other things that are the same so
1: yeah interesting <laughs> <laughs> sure.
0: cool any any closing thoughts i don't know yeah winding. go for it.
1: Uh.
2: I'm not sure how much it really ties into the conversation, but I'll go with it. I'll shoot the shot in. Yeah. But I was just probably two hours before we started this call. I was actually a friend of mine was showing me a video on Facebook. Um, he was showing me a video about a guy. It seems like he's chilling at a restaurant with friends and he's just talking about marriage specifically. And what he was speaking about. personally really hit me um because i felt like it made sense but i think the the diversify diversifying seeking human being in me um kind of made me i don't want to say blind to to the other side or whatnot but basically what he was talking about is he says where a lot of marriages are failing particularly in the black um sort of culture is largely due to people sort of going for people who come from different backgrounds um, in terms of upbringing and so forth so like I've tried to explain my side personally i i I've always had this belief and idea that I would like to find someone with a different background because then that sort of be more shared learning and learning of each other and so forth and so forth but but he, the way he was just breaking down all these various situations, um, it kind of made it make sense to me to an extent why a marriage with people from similar backgrounds would sort of be better for them as opposed to them choosing people with different backgrounds. I can't recall all the points he was making, but one of the examples he used was him being a black male. He obviously has a responsibility to... Um, One, he sort of built himself from the ground in terms of he's an entrepreneur. He built himself from the ground, his business, and started life with no real support, um, financial support. Um, And he spoke about marrying somebody who came from a different background where the family was well off and um, they had their first vehicles bought for them by family and so forth and so forth. And um, what he basically got to was some of the fights – that they would often get to on a monthly basis around things like, for example, his family looks to him. And when I say family, I'm talking parents and four siblings, which he mentioned, he's got four siblings and he's the, he's the second youngest of them all, but he's the one who is sort of like the breadwinner for the family. He was highlighting how him taking care and looking after his family, which depends on him would often lead to fights with the partner as she came from a home where things are different, where each individual was able to sort of kind of fend for themselves and sort of get through life um, by themselves. Got got went to school, got graduated, got your qualification, started working, and you sort of earn a salary and are able to look out for yourself. So something as like simple and as small as that, just because of different backgrounds, ends up becoming such a big thing on a monthly basis, which is what eventually led to that particular marriage not working out. Um, so I don't know how much it can tie into what we're discussing here, but I think that's one aspect that I. So he's remarried, by the way, found somebody with he says that has got a similar background, and he's he says there's less avoidable fights, uh, or un- unnecessary fights, if I can call it that. So I think to some regard, that then there is something when I look at it, there is something in that, um, that can sort of speak in favor of uniformity, um. Perhaps we'd sort of be able to unfold more yeah. once we get the next guest speaker to join in and sort of dive deeper. But that's as close as I can get to seeing a positive in <laughs> uniformity at this point. So yeah, now, I just I, found it interesting. I, I, I think it's very valid
0: to this conversation, and and I I must say I yes we're running a bit longer, but we'll find a way to cut this up. We mustn't let <laughs> the ma- we mustn't let timelines. Okay. Uh, Crunch the magic, you know. Um, Sure, I've got a view on this, and I can see by the look of on Keenan's face, he's also (laughs) got a view on this. Um, (laughs) That um, so I remember a day at school in my matric year, standard either matric or standard nine, and now that I think of it, Keenan must have been in that class because we had English together. Where I um where I said in the class that I. Don't think that I would marry someone from a different culture, and I, I remember saying in the class that I I wouldn't marry a coloured girl as an example because it for for the same reasons that I wouldn't marry a Spanish lady, and for the same reason why I wouldn't marry a French lady. So it had nothing to do with um with race. It had to do with culture and background. And, and my, my reasoning that day in the class was um, – I don't know why I remember this so vividly – was that why would you go and make it hard if it could be – if you could it, – it's such a big commitment. It's the rest of your life. You have to spend your life. There are going to be complications with different cultures, marrying. Um And I just think, I'm not saying you shouldn't, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I just said, in my view, I probably wouldn't do it because I think it would be hard. Needless to say, I ended up marrying, I think, in a South African context, people who understand the kind of white background in South Africa. English and Afrikaans also have quite a... um, History. uh, What's it? A, A history of conflict and difference in South Africa. Yes. And I ended up marrying an English um, wife. So well, she's, uh, she's, she's <laughs> just, watching. just watching what, what you're saying Zulu. there. Um, <laughs> Who's part Zulu. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and and Don't forget <laughs> she's Pot <part> Zulu. <laughs> That's true. She does speak Zulu. <laughs> um, and uh, and I I I still don't What I said that day in class was naive, and I didn't know the full picture. But I still believe in parts of what I said there. And the parts I figured out as I've grown up and I've matured and things is values. I think, this is just my theory, if you share values with the other person, they could be of Mm -hmm. any culture or uh, race or religion, probably even. Um, and, and it, it, it doesn't have to be hard. Um, so, so that's, so, so, so Wendy, like you're saying, there's parts of it that makes you feel like he could be right, but then the other parts that just don't sit well. Mm. I, in my mind, I've kind of deciphered that conversation that I had in a, in a classroom at school to where I am today as values, um. And like-mindedness, I suppose, and not culture or race.
1: If I can just quickly jump on this one, guys, because um, I think for 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 me also, I I agree with you that values is a really important part of this um, of this uh, of being willing to go out of your out of your cultural um, norm, right? Because for for me personally, I married to someone from a different race, from a different country. It was probably at a different. um, 100% Hundred percent had a different background to me as well. So I'm, I'm married to a, a, a white woman who was was brought up in Botswana and who like lives in the, who lived in the bush and stuff and uh, farming and all those kind of things. So we have hundred percent lots of different um, experience in terms of where we come from. But I think what was important for us was, in many cases, the values that we we, we share together. And um, I think one one that is uh, that made it easier for us was the fact that we are we are both Christian. And, um, you know, like, as a Christian, like, we try to live our, our lives more on Christian values, really, than anything else, you know. So that's a, a big uh, common denominator that we do have. So um, values is 100% an important part of it because there is differences, but um, I don't know, maybe I just married a gem, you know, so an amazing woman. There hasn't been instances where our differences from a, a, a cultural background has, has been an issue, that uh, that has been something that has been really difficult for us to overcome so my my wife is also very accommodating and and you know um one thing that uh, i don't know if i've mentioned this before already but um i often forget that she's uh, that she's white because this, uh, this is not even part of the you know part of my thinking because she's just an, an amazing human you know so um yeah i think mm-hmm. values and mm-hmm.
0: And I can say the same about the English, the Englishness, if I can say it that way. When I started visiting there, I remember I had to like be on top of it because it's like English and I'm Afrikaans and I have to like, am I saying certain things? Am I expressing myself (laughs) correctly? But now, Mm. so initially you've got to kind of, it's, it's just new. It's uncomfortable. It's not uncomfortable, but it's what we were talking earlier. It's not just the way you know it, but. As you, mm. the values are strong enough that it makes all those other things. Yeah, and and disappear.
1: just another thought that came to my mind now when yeah. you said that, Abe's. Um, I think for for us personally, yes, of course, hundred percent. You are married to a family, right? You're not just married to that individual, but um, it's important for us to just um, make that uh, almost constant decision as well that your no disrespect, but um, your parents and uh, siblings and so forth, they are are not part of your nucleus you know so um it's important for us to be able to work things out um together yes there there's influences from from the outside in terms of what family uh expects and and all those kind of things but what's important for us in, in our personal um, in my personal situation is that we will always like make sure that as as our family me my my wife and my kids that we work things out for ourselves yes there's influences from the family but we kind of make sure that our nucleus is always like on the same page, you know, because that's really important for us. Mm. Mm.
0: Mm. Sure. Wendy. I don't know if that uh, if you, if it gives some perspective on on your your kind of um, yeah. exploration of of that video.
2: Yes, no, for sure. I'm, I, and for I'm sure. not
0: saying that yeah. we're right. I'm, uh, that's just
2: my no, view. No, for sure. Yeah. It's perspective, mm. you know. And once again, that's what. Yeah. Broadens different, the thinking.
1: different thinking.
2: You sort of get to piece things. A different be- perspective, which is, yeah. which makes it more diverse. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's why we need. Amen, if now. I can say that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool guys, thanks so much for
0: for a, sure. yo, a rock solid uh, conversation that was really cool, and it was nice to 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 also put ourselves out of our comfort zones and 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 look mm. at w- what the other the other side might look like um so yeah sure. thank you
1: thank you gents All Right, that was good hopes. cheers guys cool